welcome back to the emergency goalies. And well, there's been a lot of news this week, and I guess we should start out with the Blackhawks went perfect, four and zero this week, and it was a tough week. So I'll just ask you, Michael, what happened? <laughs> They're playing with a little bit of fire and playing fairly decent structural hockey, um, playing with some confidence, and uh, I think everybody has uh, gotten a little bit of a boost from, you know, the Patrick Kane saga and coming to the realization of how little time there is left here. Um, potentially the final two home games for Kane, um, although there is still um, one more homestand before the, the deadline. Um, but yeah, you know, just in case something happens early. Yeah. The, you know, the, the, the crowd at the UC was very much into it and, you know, prior the, the game before and the game after the homestand, uh, they were uh, pretty decent as well. So yeah, I mean, they're scoring goals. Uh, you know, this is a team that doesn't score a lot of goals and all of a sudden they're putting like four or five in per game. So um you know, the offense goes about as far as Patrick Kane can push them in a lot of a lot of the time. And Patrick Kane has obviously been excellent the last four games. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should talk about that, you know. In our last podcast, we were going through the correct, I think still correct, reasons Patrick Kane is not what he once was. But even for a diminished Kane, he still was like underperforming. So he was due for a hot streak and boy, has he had a hot streak. Yeah. I mean, Kane is, uh, I don't think either of us were worried that Kane was actually as bad as he's performed at certain junctures of this season. Um, he's certainly not a guy that can consistently carry a line anymore. Uh, I think my main talking points last week were that, you know, he needs guys on his line that can carry the puck and retrieve the puck more so than he ever has needed at um, any point in his career. And I I think if you look at, especially at the goals that were generated in the Dallas game um, yesterday, Domi did a lot of the heavy lifting of getting the puck into the zone before getting it off to Kane with a little bit of space. And when you give Patrick Kane a little bit of space in the offensive zone, he can find guys and he can also, he has, he's always had great timing of when he doesn't have the puck of getting two spots in prime scoring areas. And, you know, he doesn't camp out in front of the net, but he times it perfectly for like backdoor plays. He gets that he understands when he needs to get there to receive a pass and, you know, like Domi hit him perfectly for a backdoor goal. And then, um, you know, some of the other, the goals that or the, the one goal that Kane assisted with Domi was, you know, a perfect, a perfect pass from Kane. And that's the type of player Patrick Kane is now, you know, he, he's not going to do much in the defensive zone. 
He struggles a little bit in the neutral zone. I mean, his puck skills are still pretty good, but with the diminished speed and that, you know, he doesn't cut through the neutral zone and gain the, the offensive blue line the way that he used to. That's not his game anymore. Yep. But, you know, you get him in the offensive zone, he's still deadly. And that's what I think we've seen. He's, um, you know, I, I, I think he's the, the, the chemistry right now with that top line is, has been pretty good. I think everybody, including Kane, like I said, is a little more mo- motivated. We're a little bit out of the mid-season dol- doldrums of January hockey where everybody's a little bit tired and, you know, waiting on the all-star break and waiting on the trade deadline and everything's becoming a little more uh, intense across the league. And yeah, it just, you know, it's, it's working quite well at the moment. So, Yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know about long-term, but he definitely, you'd think he would have boosted the immediate trade value with him being this high. You you would think so. You know, if it was just one game or whatever, um, you know, you might be able to write it off. But, uh, you know, it's been four games now um, where he showed kind of the same skill level. And, you know, I mean, uh, is anybody who would be interested in acquiring him going to be 100% certain that Kane can maintain this? Well, I mean, nobody can maintain this current level, but, you know, still – you know, still play like Patrick Kane, you know, throughout a, a long playoff stretch. Uh, there's no guarantee of that, but it certainly has to give any interested teams a lot more confidence that a hey, part of this was Kane's been, you know, in a bad, on a bad team, in a bad situation, tough to motivate yourself in those situations. And you get him into a playoff atmosphere and playing with better people the the better portions of his game will become more highlighted and he can still produce. So, yeah, I, I would definitely think that this is um, a stretch of games that has increased his trade value. Yeah, and it's just um, one of those things, too, where um, Max Domi playing better shows what he can do. Like, when he's playing with another player that's even on a hot streak, yeah. he shows what a better game can be with help. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, obviously, the other big news, because we're still waiting on the Kane trade, you know. There are a couple of rumblings today, but it doesn't seem like it's imminent anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, basically, the sense is that, you know, I mean, obviously, there's been no word, and Kane has said he hasn't made any decisions, but given his comments regarding the Tarasenko trade, the impression is that the Rangers are his preferred destination and the Rangers can still fit him in under special circumstances. Um, Which is um, trading two players that were just scratched today. Yes, exactly. Basically they need to move these two guys. I think it's like by end of day tomorrow or something is what I read in order to fit Kane in at the deadline and the fact that they scratched those two guys today uh, would certainly point to, Hey, the Rangers are at least considering making a move here that would at least open, keep the door open for Kane trade. But, you know, uh, it's, it's not something where um, 
Kane would actually be traded to them today or tomorrow. From my understanding, the Rangers cannot actually fit him under the cap uh, until like on or very near the deadline. So, so they would have to trade these guys to a different team. That, that, that's my understanding. Or, I, I mean, you could potentially do it as two separate deals. Like, you know, the Blackhawks could acquire these two guys right now, you know, for a draft pick or whatever, or, you know, however you want to do it and then make a separate deal with Kane later on when, when the cap would work. But um, yeah, I mean, it would at least seem to make more sense to, to, you know, potentially move those guys in a separate deal or whatever, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, it's very uh, preliminary uh, at this point, but yeah, just uh, one of those things where the, the coincidences uh, maybe uh, a, a little, it, there's a little bit of smoke there anyway, is what I guess we should put it, say right now. All right. And of course, then the other thing that would be absolutely huge, biggest news in normal circumstances is, of course, Jonathan Taves. Yeah. Who, this really sucks, but the long COVID or whatever it was called appears to have returned, and we don't know when he's coming back. Yeah, I mean, the statement is, is that, you know, he's going to be sitting out for a while, and the hope is that he can play later on in the season, but the Blackhawks are not going to be trading him. And Taves basically said that, you know, he doesn't feel like his body would be up to, you know, playing in the playoffs and that, and that it wouldn't be fair to, you know, to be traded under these circumstances. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's something everyone who has watched him play, you know, pretty closely this year uh, suspected. Um, I mean, I think we talked last week about, his lack of stamina Mm -hmm. and this diagnosis um, would certainly lend credence to that, that, you know, he just, as the season wore on and as shifts would wear on and as the games would wear on uh, his speed and recovery ability and stuff like that just seemed to diminish and diminish. And he just, he just wasn't bouncing back the way that he was um, like the first 10 games of the season and his production was dropping and yeah i mean this all just makes sense and you know um i don't think anybody was ever totally convinced that a jonathan taves trade was ever going to be imminent due to you know his very high cap hit and um questionable uh health outlook so yeah you know it, it just is what it is and you know hopefully he can he can indeed come back and it get his proper send off the way that Kane is potentially having his moment here. Um, you know, maybe at the end of the season, the last week or two, Taves can come back and get in a couple of home games and um, the crowd can salute him. Yep. And, you know, it's one of those things where I don't think I would rule out Kim retiring at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible. Um, I, I'm sure the competitor in him wants to continue giving it a try. And, um, you know, he certainly seemed mentally and physically rejuvenated a bit at the beginning of the year. And I think he, at that point, he certainly had the hopes that his career could continue on, um, you know, kind of unabated, but maybe this 
you know, changes the circumstances a little bit. And if this is something that he's going to have to continue to deal with, um, whether it causes him to retire or maybe he considers taking another season off or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it, I, I think it's all very much up in the air and we probably won't know until the end of the season. And, and even then, you know, I mean, it could be a type of thing where he, maybe he tries coming back in training camp next year. And if it still is causing problems, maybe at that point he would hang it up, but we'll see. It's, it's still just too early to tell at this point. I almost wonder if it would be a sign if he did come back the very end of the year to just like make a couple more appearances at the UC. And like, if he really was going to make a go of it, he might sit out the entire rest of the season. I, uh, I, that thought had crossed my mind as well that, you know, him actually coming back might actually be a bad sign for his um, potential career to continue that, you know, he might actually want to send off. But also on that same point, regardless of that, it seems doubtful to me that he would be back with the Blackhawks next year. So if he is going to continue his career, he, he'd still want to come back and get his last couple of games with the Blackhawks sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense on one level, but I honestly wouldn't read too much into it because there, there would, there would be that other interpretation that, Hey, you know, whether he continues or not, this is going to be his last opportunity to play in, in the UC. Exactly. Yeah, so, but we'll see. And uh, we, it would be absolutely great if he could come back, but we just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like I said, it's just too early to tell at this point. We, we just got to see, you know, how, how the health responds and, you know, best of luck to him. Yep. So now also, um, there was a Blackhawks trade, and it was the kind of trade I think we might see a couple more of. And it was, uh, they made a trade with the um, Ottawa Senators for Nikita Zaitsev, or should I say Nikita Zaitsev's contract, because that's what it really was. But they got a couple picks out of it and took on a big salary. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was actually something thing that I thought might have been involved uh, in uh, the draft day deals with, you know, as the Blackhawks were shopping to bring it um, last summer that, that uh, oh, hey, you know, maybe if the Blackhawks were willing to take on Zaitsev's contract in the dealings with Ottawa that, you know, they could, in, you know, increase the trade value beyond the first and second round pick that they got. Um, and so this is just kind of like an extension on that a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, we got a second round pick here that's expected to be like the inside the top 40 um, plus a fourth round pick. I think it's next year or maybe the year after. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, just a little bit more draft capital. Um, to me, I, I think there was a nice, uh, contrast with, um, a couple of trades yesterday where we saw what the Blackhawks were willing to do versus what 
the Coyotes were willing to do. And I mean, these are obviously two teams that are in a similar situation. They're very bad. They're taking for Bedard. Um, they are going to both struggle to reach the cap floor next year. And the Blackhawks were willing to take on actual dollars, not just cap hits. Um, you know, a, a lot of the moves that like the Coyotes make are their deal like yesterday where they took on Shane Weber's contract who had kind of a, a, a deal similar to Duncan Keith where it was all very front loaded and um, had dollar very few dollars at the end of it. And it's like three more years, but there's only like 2 million in actual salary still due to Shane, to Shea Weber. The cap hit. Uh, uh, and also very much like the Marion Hosa deal that they, that they took on from the Blackhawks. But the cap hit is always the same um, each year. And yes. Yeah. The your cap hit is the average salary or your the average amount over the course of the deal. So if you can front load the deal and pay more of the salary up front and less at the end, but the cap hit is equal across the entire length of the contract. Whereas, you know, but the opposite can be true too. Sometimes you can backload the deal. Yes. Um, and Zaitsev's contract is, I, I think it's actually a, 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 what would, I guess would be considered a normal one, where I think his salary is actually very close or at least very similar to his uh, actual cap hit. But yeah, I mean, they're, the Blackhawks are absorbing essentially like 6 million in salary, depending on when bonuses were paid or whatever for Zaitsev this year. Um, and in order to do that you know they they got a second and a fourth round whereas uh, the coyotes are absorbing a longer contract of three years as opposed to one or one and a half and you know a higher cap hit in weber's instance and they only got a fifth round pick out of it um, so when you're accepting these bad contracts the actual salary is usually more important than the cap hit um, in terms of the um compensation you get as far as draft picks and um you know it also plays a similar role in salary retention like patrick kane if we involve a third team in a deal like that you know the coyotes could uh, theoretically be a team that could re retain 50 percent of of the 50 percent that the blackhawks don't retain but in kane's case again his contract was front-loaded his actual salary this year is only like I want to say like 6 million. And part of that was in like a bonus that was paid earlier this year. So any team that actually takes on, um, you know, 25% of his cap hit will only be on the hook for, I think it's like a million dollars or maybe even a little less than a million dollars. So it's not going to require more than like a fourth or a fifth round pick, uh, probably very similar to uh, the Shea Weber um, compensation compensation so uh yeah you know it, it's just one of those things where you know blackhawks absorb money to to get more draft picks they did it with zeit said they did it with dickinson and yeah you know it gives them more possibilities for reloading in their rebuild than it does a team like the coyotes who the actual dollar amounts matter a lot more yeah basically i mean for lack of a better word the Blackhawks will become the contract garbage disposal. Yeah, I mean they're essentially buying draft picks, and 
And they're a team that can afford to buy draft picks as yeah, opposed to bad. some of the teams like Arizona who, who can't buy draft picks. Yeah, you got a bad contract? Give us a draft pick, we'll take it. Yeah, essentially. And, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where there's only so many bad contracts around the league. There's only so many teams, you know, and then there's a further subset of bad contracts that teams would actually be willing to give up draft picks to move out. And then there's a further subset of teams that can afford to move draft picks. I mean, a lot of the good teams have already moved draft picks to acquire, you know, good players or whatever, and they might not have second round picks available yeah, to maybe, dump a contract like that. There's a finite number of draft picks. I mean, eventually. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, the Blackhawks already hold like, what is it? Three second round picks next year. And I think like Seattle holds like four second round picks. So, I mean, you're already um, got like a very limited number of second round picks in you know, contained it within two teams there. So yeah, there's just, you know, it's not something that you can do over and over again, not because the Blackhawks wouldn't want to, but because there's just not enough situations that where it would apply. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll look ahead to the upcoming week and obviously we're getting right up to the trade deadline now. So that will be yeah, pretty close here. So, um, Blackhawks will be continuing their road trip that which they started off in Dallas last night with that exciting three goal comeback win. Um, they will be going to San Jose Saturday and then following up with a back to back um, in Anaheim and Arizona Monday and Tuesday. And I did I do think I saw a tweet um, just a little bit before we started recording that um I guess Patrick Kane's agent is based out in California and the expectation is, is that Kane will meet face to face with him at some point, probably between the San Jose and maybe, so maybe Sunday on their off day and maybe there'll be a further clarification on what Kane's intentions will be at that point. Right. Yeah. I guess, by the way, I didn't even mention the last two games had buzzer beating goals that were waved off both times. Yeah, yeah, pretty unusual. Um, you know, one for one against, and you know, but yeah, it ended up uh, working out in the Blackhawks' favor both times. Um, I, I so, can't remember the last time I saw something like that in a game. Yeah, you know, it's usually something that just you know you might see once or twice a year, and to have it happen in two consecutive games is pretty pretty unusual. You know, especially I want to say that I mean the Patrick Kane one was. Yeah. So close on the TV broadcast, it actually went in in time with, uh, you know, barely time. I think they, on the TV broadcast, it was like 0.01 seconds, but that's not the official timer. Um, once the, uh, they actually reviewed the goal and you could clearly see the light go on behind the net before the puck went in. So um, they got it right, but it certainly ruined what what would have been a very special moment. And, you know, honestly, you know, if it was a playoff game, it would be crushing, but it's a middle of the season in a, in a wasted season. It's probably going to be the most memorable moment from this season, even though it didn't count. So most people just 
remember it like it happened anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And in, in 15 years, the, the story is probably going to be that, that that was how he finished his last game in the UC. All right. Well, I guess that's it. And we'll be back next week. If And I, I still think even if Kane gets traded, we'll still wait till next week. Yeah. 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 You know, we'll just, we'll, we'll stay on our normal course here. I think, um, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, just looking at the schedule, maybe we'll be back to recording on Wednesday as opposed to Thursday, given that's when their off day is. So we'll see. All right. And as always, Michael on Twitter, MJ underscore Ernst. That's DH85. And you can subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app or Spotify. And we'll be back and see what the Blackhawks look like then. <laughs>